I don't see enough teams reinforcing the process enough. I see teams doing training, but we have to constantly reinforce the, the process. It takes constant development, peeling back the onion on the sales process year after year. We've done that boot camp, I don't know, on average twice a year for 12 years. I'm still, every time I do it, I learn something. The sales process is inexhaustible. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. Today we welcome back to the podcast NCG Senior Business Coach Andrew Amrine for a timely conversation. We are bringing back the focus to the world of sales. For those businesses impacted by seasonal change, the spring ramp up for the busy season impacts not only the hiring needs for production, but sales reps and sales managers move into high gear with more appointments and more customer relationships and jobs to manage. And it's a common pattern. When things get busy, we are more likely to rush our processes as we try to fit in the demand coming at us from all sides, customers, production, and hey, even your own personal life. We wanna remind you to slow it down. This is not the time to be getting beat by the decision process. On today's episode, Andrew brings to the table some recommended activities to do with your team, some behavioral reminders to ensure we're keeping focus on the bigger picture and reinforcing our skills and putting our best foot forward with every lead that comes in the door. This episode is brought to you by Groundwork, a gold level Grand Summit sponsor and supporting partner of the Summit member group. What if every sales appointment you drove to was worth your time? With Groundwork, it can be. Groundwork is a lead conversion software made for home improvement contractors. Unlike the traditional sales process that relies on in-person appointments, Groundwork creates an opportunity to receive a project walkthrough before a sales appointment even begins, creating more valuable appointments and engaging prospects instantly. With additional tools, Groundwork helps you engage and convert your leads, streamlining your sales process and increasing win rates. To learn more, visit hellogroundwork.com. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. All right, Andrew Amrine, or Double A, as he is known here. MCO. MCO, Double A. Andrew, how are you doing today? Who remembers that? Double A. Double A. MCO. (laughs) What's going on in Andrew's world? What's up? Uh, You you, uh, just mentioned to me, it's my first podcast for 2023. It's good to be back. Yeah, so you took a little hiatus. It's all right. We, uh, but we got you back in. It's You're here. Been, it's been great listening to the podcasts. We're doing it, doing a great job, Maul. It, it's awesome. I'm always excited when they come out. I, I don't super pay attention to the schedule because I like being surprised. So it's uh, it's been great. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I think um, many coaches are in that way. Mm-hmm. They kind of listen to a new. So like all listeners, they're kind of like, "What's coming up next?" Um, so it's a uh, yeah, it's fun to to kind of be. Jim's killing it. You and Jim are are killing it with the lean. 
I, I the, love lean. The lean has been fun. It's actually been a really cool learning experience for me as well. Like all these podcasts are, uh, but yeah, because so we've had some good, some good conversations, but you know, we're bringing it back to sales and yeah. sales is a topic that we continuously want to be talking about. We will be making sure that we hit this um, fairly frequently um, through the podcast schedule as the, as the year progresses. But this episode is coming out at a time where, you know, we're in mid-April, we're in spring. And I know for a lot of our, you know, West Coast listeners or, you know, folks who are in the South, the, the, the season changing doesn't happen so much. So they're not as impacted by the winter to the spring transition. Uh, but regardless, there's there will be impact here on what we talk about. Um, but for those who are impacted by seasonal changes and do, you know, service um work it's a it's a it's a shift in how we operate yeah it's a change it's yeah, changed it's, yeah so i want to kind of get a, a kind of a status check um you know what are you hearing from clients you know in this time of year um and then kind of give us a reminder what is it that we need to be focusing on um especially as yeah. we as we get busier kind of continuing that, that workout of developing ourselves and our sales reps. Um, so with that all being said, what are you hearing when it comes to leads and closing rates right now? Yeah. So picture yourself on a beach and there's, there's waves uh, coming in, right? Sounds yeah, lovely. Picture yourself on a beach, right? <laughs> Always a good analogy. So there's yes. waves coming in, but you know, periodically there's wave, wave, and then there's big wave. You know, and so all these all these little waves, it looks like maybe the tide's going out, but then the big wave comes. So there's there's little trends and big trends. You think of those waves as trends. Mm -hmm. So this winter, yes, is a little wave. We get these seasonal waves coming in, but we've also got this big wave of the last three years. It's been shooting fish in a barrel and you know, we've, we've known it's going to come to an end eventually. And so it is, it's, it's the wave looks like it's, it has reached the shore. Um, and so not only are things changing seasonally, but they're also changing cyclically. We've, we've got a longer term cycle that's shifting. Um, now I, I, a lot of people are talking recession. Some people aren't, I'm not going to go there. I'm, I haven't, I'm going to look at what's in front of me and make the most of it at this point. I can't, I'm, I can't predict the future. Um, eventually something's coming. So I'm, I'm just going to do the best I can right now. Thus this podcast. Correct. Uh, but there's, there are a couple of, it's, it's like multiple waves are hitting the shore. If you've ever been at the beach, you know, you it's, you have a, a short wave and then a tall wave right on top of it, you know, and that's when all the, the body surfers, come right up on shore. Um, so we're kind of there. We, we got multiple cycles happening at the same time. And what do you do when you're at the beach and the waves are hitting you? You kind of stand your ground a little bit, right? You get your balance, you dig your feet into, into the sand. You try to kind of be like a, like a pillar of foundation. So you don't get knocked over by these waves. Or, or if you're my, if you're my six-year-old, you get knocked down, you disappear. And then all of a sudden you launch yourself through the water, <laughs> excited as ever. So that sounds like sales, right? <laughs> sometimes we're pillars of doing really great at the sales process. And sometimes we're getting a little bit knocked all over and we're learning how to stand up straight again. What we can do is take action. I, there yes. are sales. What I love about sales is the constant adaptation. And 
and so that's frustrating. Some people are, are much more steady Eddie, but when you, when you learn the sales process, then you, you know how to adapt in it. Um, and so, so that's what we're going to talk about today, but you, their sales is, is constant adaptation monthly, uh, seasonally, um, each quarter and then cyclically yearly, mm -hmm. you know, decades adjusting to the, to the circumstances. So we just are still kind of riding the high of coming off of our uh, Grand Summit program in San Diego several weeks ago. Um, and so between conversations there with clients mm -hmm. um, and also conversations that you've just been having on coaching calls with clients, what are you seeing from a sales rep perspective and what are you identifying that we should be focusing on? Kind of like those, those reminders, bring us back to getting into the process. Yeah, so the culmination of lots of conversations over the first quarter, plus um, at the summit, great job at the summit, by the way, Maul, uh, awesome time. You know, time. I, am I talking to everyone? No. Am I, do I have complete knowledge? No, but this is what I'm seeing, what sticks mm -hmm. out to me. I, I think there's three things. I think production forecasting isn't being used enough. So in the context of the small wave seasonally winter's ending spring is coming there's a small that's a, a small wave we got a bigger wave cyclic of an economic wave cyclically are are we leveling off or or something so in the context of that i don't think enough people one are doing production forecasting um enough good enough they're doing it but i don't see a lot of visual and i don't see it very shareable so in other words how full are the buckets we are in, a, in the contracting world, we're constantly selling projects. Some are big, some are small, but it's not enough to say we are X number of weeks out. We're three weeks out, we're six weeks out because each bucket, if you think of each month as a bucket, and I'm coming at this from a sales standpoint, not mm -hmm. I can talk about it operationally or even financially, but from a sales standpoint, that's not specific enough. How full are each of the buckets? So sure, we're six weeks out, but there's still holes in the schedule. And so at the very least, um, uh, take 12 sheets of paper and write the goal and track your sales each month. So where, in other words, where is the job going to be produced? I might sell a job now. So 12 sheets of paper, January through December. What's the production goal? Not the sales goal. Sales is different from production, but sales needs to know what the production holes are. So we, a lot of people use the production forecasting tool that we built. It's super simple. It's a, it's a teaching document. I wouldn't say it, it's a forever tool, mm -hmm. but it'll help you learn it. And so how full is each month and where are the holes? That's not being done enough. If I was a rep in this scenario, I would want to look at it every week. Where, where are the holes? What's my strategy? Sometimes uh, there's a hole in the schedule and I'm not going to discount my price. If you want that spot, I can't discount your price. So you would be looking at it almost to help you kind of game plan and strategize for your week. How are you attacking that? In sales strategy changes every month, every day, and with every estimate, depending on what the customer wants. I, am I, can I, where can I fit this person? If they're willing to go in August, maybe I'll give them a discount. If they want to go tomorrow, Maybe I'll, I won't give them a discount. Maybe I will. Maybe it's the end of the month and we need one job to fill this spot. Just fill it. Like my loss is your gain. 
Other times, wow, you know, Mrs. Jones, gosh, we are full or Sam property manager, you know, whatever it is, the maintenance work or, or so it's strategy changes. And I, I have to know what the production schedule is regardless of when I sell it, I'm selling jobs now, but I've got to know when it's going to get produced. So, so I can maximize our economic benefit. In other words, price, that's a fancy way of saying <laughs> maximize my price. Profit is good. Yes. Um, the second thing is I don't see enough teams reinforcing the process enough. I see teams doing training, but we have to constantly reinforce the the process. It takes constant development, peeling back the onion on the sales process year after year. I've been, Jim Falk and I have been doing the sales bootcamp, sales fundamentals bootcamps coming up, by the way, we've, we've got, uh, we'll get the dates out, but we've got mm-hmm. bootcamps coming up. We've done that bootcamp, I don't know, on average twice a year for 12 years. I'm still, I, every time I do it, I learn something. Like the sales process is inexhaustible. And I praise that uh, we see a, sometimes some of the same folks coming back for those boot camps um, on multiple occasions. And I think it's great. They're not only because they can contribute and share with others, but they're also always picking up something new. At least at least a 50x return. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to spend, I, I forget what we charge, but I, what we charge, isn't it worth spending a little bit to keep the team going. And I know that's self-serving. I, you know, I can feel the audience like, oh, here we go. But <laughs> the sales process is inexhaustible and it, it takes constant, constant development. So I, I just don't see enough people reinforcing that. So I'm, I've ha- I have an exercise I'm going to talk about later. Um, and then three, so number one, people aren't production forecasting enough. They're doing it, but they're not using it strategically. It's a, it's a communication tool for the whole team. So sales can strategize so that production knows whether they're going to hit their goal and so that accounting isn't surprised by what jobs are finishing. So it's from a sales standpoint, I have to have it. Two, we're not reinforcing the process enough. Weekly sales meetings, um, things are changing. Um, so, so constantly honing those skills, iron sharpens iron. Three, and it's Jim and I, we have, we have hammered this over and over the last two and a half years. I'm not saying this is everybody, but I would, I would ask the people in the audience to, to look at yourself in the mirror and honestly consider the fact that you're making estimates too soon. It's been shooting fish in a barrel. So we, the faster we get the estimates out, the faster we can make the money. But that's the economic wave that's changing. And we're, making, we're, we're giving away the candy without knowing all the information. And I, I don't like giving away my estimate, my candy. That, that's my leverage. I don't like spilling my candy in the lobby. Uh, there's, there's a lot more information that people need um, in order to, to do the process well. In other words, you're wasting your time doing estimates you shouldn't be doing. And you're, you're doing estimates that probably aren't specific enough that will help you differentiate yourself from the competition, will help you overcome objections later. So does that mean kind of if I back up a little bit that maybe a, you're spending too little time at the appointment, not, not having enough of a, a deep conversation about what it is that's important to the customer? Like you're just trying to, because you maybe your appointments have booked up for the day or for the week, you're just trying to like roll from one to the other 
and just kind of shooting them out too fast without really fully understanding what's important to that customer. Yeah. I mean, people, customers have been so ready to buy. They're in their house. A lot of this trend of working from home has rebounded a little bit. People are back in the office. I am. I'm, I doesn't work for me, but it works for a lot of people and they're staying at home. And so they've, they like, I need this done now because I'm working at home. I, I need it now. So they've been writing checks, but that's changing. And so we can't just show up. And that's true in the commercial world and residential world. There's property managers have been getting things done. They've been doing plant improvements on the commercial side. Money has been cheap. Uh, so interest rates are in effect here, but also there, there's a lot of money out there that, that people have, um, certainly in education, um, improving facilities. Um, Villanova just did, I, I don't know what that was, a $10 million construction project wow. uh, right down the road. You know, they built the new dorms and everything. So work has been plentiful, even in the commercial space. And it the economic wave is that we've it's going to rebound a little bit. So we can't just show up and depend on the relationship and say, what are you looking to get done? Great. I'll send you a quote. We've got to get back to the whole process. So we're settling. So an easy way is to say that people are settling for problems, not pain. Well, they got some problems. Okay. Well, well, they're no longer willing to pay so quickly to solve those problems. So what's the pain and are they willing to solve that pain? We've, we've got to slow down. We've got to get back to slowing down. Um, so I have a couple extra. So does that make sense? Yeah, totally makes sense. Good, so production forecasting, reinforcing, and making estimates too soon. Those are the kind of the three things we want yeah. to be aware of. So, so yeah, the, so let's, let's the move alternative, to say, it, to say it a different way, so without production forecasting, people are just guessing. They're just selling and throwing it to production and saying, here, go do it. So we're selling blind. In the absence of production forecasting, we're selling blind. Number two, in the absence of reinforcing, it's a little bit of hubris. I've done the training. I know the step. No, you don't. It takes years of constant honing. So in the, in the absence of reinforcing, we fall short of what the step is. We're shortcutting the process. And then number three, in the absence of getting all the information, we're, we're wasting our time. It's a time management issue. You're, you're doing stuff that you should not be doing. You're wasting time with, you're spending more time with people you shouldn't be and less time with people you should be. I find that to be so interesting because, and so many things that we talk about, they all come back to just a couple of things, communication issues, time management issues. I mean, things can be complex, but when you boil it down to what like the overarching theme are, there's generally just a, a couple of identifiable identifiable issues that really can kind of define mm -hmm. what we see. Um, so time management in particular. Um, so in the thing I've learned from, I think probably the biggest thing I've learned from Jim. So Jim and I kind of have this Abbott and Costello thing, right? Cause I'm, I'm out of practicing mm -hmm. um, at least as much as he, as much as I used to be, he's practicing. So I, it comes out what I so learning from him. It comes down to two words, slow down. So let's move into the exercises that you have teed up for us here. Things that any of our listeners can do. So exercise one. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so these are exercises I've done with teams in the last quarter and it's working really well. Um, your membership pays my mortgage. So I'm bringing you proven advice. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love saying that your membership pays my mortgage. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to steer you wrong. All right. Exercise number one, match features and benefits to pain at your next sales meeting, get out flip chart paper, make a list of all the features and benefits that your company offers. So background checks, training, employee benefits, um, the, the features and benefits to the customer, show up on time, all that stuff. Okay, so now take another piece of flip chart. So, so one flip chart paper, right? F and B, mm -hmm. features and benefits, not food and beverage, <laughs> features and benefits, right? Think of as many as you can. On the next flip chart paper, match, so, so draw a line if you have to, but write pain at the top. What's the emotional connection to From the what customer? you offer, from your features and benefits to the pain point that the customer is looking to. Right. What pain does that solve? Mm. Now I'll use, I'll bring in lean, you know, I'm, I'm digging into lean. I, the, the total misconception about lean was, but so I'm, so I'm, this is my latest, um, my latest thing, but it, it it's about value and lean is all about value, value add, non-value add. So what's the value add here? What's the pain that these features and benefits solve? By the way, if you have a feature that doesn't solve a pain, why are you doing it? If it doesn't add value, why are you doing it? So maybe there's other reasons. I mean, that's the kind of company we, we want to be, but match the features and benefits to the pain and please f move to the discussion is to focus on pain. In other words, features and benefits solve problems. Stop talking about problems and features and benefits and ask a very simple question. John, what would it mean to not have that problem anymore on your property? What's the emotional impact? So the pain funnel, walking people down the pain funnel. If you hear a problem, think pain funnel. How long has that been a problem? What have you done about it? Did that work? Did you talk to anyone about it? Wow. John, I, I got to tell you, I've been doing this a long time. I can't imagine how you were feeling at this point. They, nobody responded to your calls. I can't imagine how you were feeling at this point. Now I've got pain. If there's no pain, move on. In other you words, find the next pain. <laughs> right. If it, yeah, to, to the next one, if the customer yeah. doesn't care, move on. But really, so what's, what's, what is John, our property manager going to say at that point? I mean, he's, he's going to say, yeah, it was really frustrating. Like I had problems and the company that I hired made more problems. And I was frustrated because I look bad to my boss. Number one thing, number one feedback I hear from commercial reps, property managers want to look good to their boss. That's the pain. Not people didn't show up on time. The pain is not safety cones weren't out or the parking lot wasn't blocked off. The pain is I looked bad in front of my boss. Interesting. And if you're the only um, contractor or competitor that dug that far, you really get that property manager 
I think that increases your chances of actually getting the work because you found out what the root cause, the real problem was. So in the event you're making these, you know, kind of these these two brainstorms, these two lists, um, and you're writing down kind of all the, the pain experiences that you maybe would have come across, is there ever a potential time where you realize there's a pain point that you are coming across that you have not found or have a feature or benefit for like you haven't been able to solve that pain point yet. And maybe this is an opportunity yeah, as, as teams do this exercise. Yes. They're going to start digging. So, so first I think most that happens most common is we don't know because we've never really dug for pain. Like I, I don't, I don't know what their pain is. We're just out there solving problems team. That is not enough. List listeners, it's not enough just to solve problems anymore. People are not going to write checks as quick as they used to. Spend 30 seconds being likable, make them an estimate, close the deal. That's not going to work anymore. We've got to go beyond just out there solving problems and actually figure out what the real pain is. And so I, I think team, the last two years, in all fairness, the last two years, we got soft and we just forgot. We, we forgot how. And so making that list of, of pain, most of the time it's too short. We've forgotten what is the pain. So we need to go out and do research and find out what customer's pain is. And then, yes, Molly, all the time, we start hearing stuff. It's like, we, we don't address that. We don't have a value proposition around that. We don't have, I'm hearing like there's something new has happened. Either materials have changed or regulations have changed. Safety regulations have changed. Stuff changes. Um, new uh, one. One I hear. Kind of, well, this is back to the commercial world. So in the, in the commercial world, um, new management takes over, and they've got new requirements. Now there's new pain. Mm. So pain is pain is constantly changing. Every customer, every every customer is different. Every season is different. Every year is different. Every economic cycle is different. Pain is different. That's why we follow the same process every time, and we listen for different answers. Um, so one piece of flip chart, list all the features and benefits that you think you have to the right of it, label it pain and match, write down all the pain that matches those features and benefits and start digging for pain. Um, last thing I would say is start tracking the pain. In other words, use your weekly sales meeting to make tick marks next to how many times you're hearing that pain. And then start talking about how, how did you go about finding it? So don't settle for problems. Get to emotional impact. Use the pain funnel to ask the question, wow, John, I, I got I to tell you, I, I can't imagine how you were feeling at that point. Nobody called you back? That's horrendous. What'd you do? Besides pull your hair out. I mean, now I'm in. Now, now I really understand the the root cause. I'm at, I'm at, I hit pay dirt. I'm at the real, mm -hmm. the real issue. I love the idea of, of tracking how often you're coming across certain pain, pain points and using a, like a sales meeting to talk about that because mm -hmm. every sales rep, while they follow a process has their own personality and way of way of saying things or doing things or handling things. So it's always so interesting to hear kind of from a best practice, you know, perspective, how are, how are you, well, you know, what's the word tracks you're using there? How are you going about that? I mean, so talking to others in the field, not in the field, in the field, but, and by the field, I mean, in the field of sales, um, mm -hmm. you know, in that same kind of peer component, 
use that network that like and because you're all you're all finding the same pain yeah. points from different customers at different times. You're not alone. That's the reinforcement part. So re- reinforcement mm-hmm. doesn't have to be tough. It, reinforcement is often like about tracking. Make it visual. Make little tick marks with all these pains we listed for the next six months. Let's track what the most popular pains are. So that leads me to exercise number two, which has a similar um, endpoint. So um, let's let's gamify the sales process uh, in the same way. So first, on a on, take out a piece of flip chart paper and write down the steps in the sales process. Confirmation, set the table, find pain, budget, decision, follow-up. Those are the steps. Okay, so now over the last 24 months, as a team, as a a sales team, which steps have been the most frequently used? And I'm finding people are skipping a lot of steps. Maybe they have found the pain. They've lost practice on setting next step agreements. They're making estimates too soon. So in other words, for the audience, I, I would say, unless you have set the table, found the pain, talked about money and how they're going to make their decision, you don't have enough information to make an estimate. You're missing something. You're, sh- you're shooting in the dark. You're guessing. You're taking way too much risk with the marketing dollars that the company has spent. Mm-hmm. So now have a discussion about going forward. What are we going to focus on going forward? I'll, I'll, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. I think decision-making process is going to be the, one of the most important discussions going forward that everybody's skipping. So not just are you getting other estimates, but also are there other projects competing? Are you even ready to make a decision? What's your time frame on making a decision? Are you the decision-maker? Right. Who's going to, who's going to, are there anybody, is there anybody else going to be involved in this decision? I, I think often these days it's actually, it isn't just that you're competing against other, other people on this particular projects. There's actually multiple projects being considered and you may lose out to something completely different, not just to a competitor, but to a completely different capital improvement. So you're bidding the landscaping, but they picked the roof. So you lost out. So it, it isn't just other, other, other uh, landscapers you're competing against. You're competing against three other projects. They're thinking about the landscaping. They're thinking about the roof and they're thinking about, I don't know, stucco repair. It's a really good point. I don't think we've ever really talked about that before. We're always thinking we're competing against other mm-hmm. companies for the same type of work versus mm-hmm. A, a homeowner looking at all the projects that they have to have go or, on in their or home property man- or property, or property manager. managers and, you yeah. know, making a decision on the, on what is going to be priority. We got a seal coat to parking lot. We've got to fix the roof or, you know, I don't know, we're doing a build out, you know, for, for the warehouse, you know, or we've, or uh, flooring, you know, we've got to, re- we got to recoat the floor. Um, in the warehouse, 
it isn't just your project that you're that you're competing against. It's it's multiple projects. So now this ends the same way. Track it on that piece of flip chart paper every week. Put tick marks and track. Maybe each rep can have a column, and you're you're tracking how many times did you do that step and help each other. Don't, don't be a team. Teams aren't critical. When a field goal, when a, when the field goal kicker misses a field goal, the first thing his teammates do is pat him on the back and say, next time you don't see, you don't, you don't see the, the, uh, the, uh, you know, weak side tackle coming over and yelling at the place kicker. Why didn't you, why didn't you miss that? Like they support <laughs> each other. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so somebody who's doing really well with finding pain, talk about how they're finding pain. How are we going to, and then you mentioned the word at the word track level, everybody's going to be a little different. Our question is, are you doing the step? So now use it as a way to help each other. Be Team. don't, don't, don't compete with the wrong people. Don't compete with your, with your coworkers compete against other companies. Um, so and that's make, probably make a, a yeah. good reminder in just because we knowing the, the behavioral profile of a sales rep, I mean, they are designed to be folks who want to win. They're, there's a generally a competitive nature. Um, so that reminder of you're on a team that's supposed mm-hmm. to win. So work with your fellow uh, sales colleagues and understand how you can work together to not only win that particular deal that's going to help the overall company, but folks, people around you are going to make you better at the end of the day. If we're not, if we're not making each other better, what are we doing? Like if, if we're, why be a team? Why? Like if we're, if we're not, if we don't trust each other enough to help each other, what are we doing? You know, so, so do these things. So track, the pain you're finding, and then make another flip chart paper with the, the sales process and talk about what's going to need to be emphasized, what's going to have to be different going forward, and then do the same thing. Tra- everybody track, you know, how many times have I, did I find pain? How many times did I get to decision? And then, you know, if you skip a step, it's all right, get back on the horse, give each other some, some weekly encouragement. The, the motto at my kid's school is encourage one another and build each other up. And I like love it from a young age, instill that wisdom. Yeah. Well, I think these are some good reminders, Andrew, and some good exercises. I love when we can kind of give some um, like tangible things to do in in practice from just the conversations that we have. You know, one particular area that you talked about going back to the onset was that production forecasting component. And it reminded me. This the importance. I know we we hit it this from a sales perspective, but showing that the the importance of um, communicating and talking with with production, with the people, with with the the leaders in the field, and understanding where where the gaps are, understanding what what what's actually happening from a numbers perspective, the production rates, the KPIs, because it's going to help you do your job better from a sales perspective. And we've had discussions in the past. Uh, with Connor Mulraney and Jim Falk and Nolan Painting about you know the the sales and operations dynamic, the importance of that partnership and really the collaboration importance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think you have teed up almost a, a next step you know episode here about 
diving into that relationship a little bit more from a sales perspective and understanding what are in that relationship, what are the things that you could be asking your, your, your operations leaders about how you can be selling better. Sales needs real-time information from the field and the field needs real-time information from sales. It, it's gotta be a partnership. We, we, we compete against the wrong people. We're, we're competing against our own team. We're on the same team, guys, gals, every, like we're, we're on the same team. Let's compete against the, the, the outsiders, the other companies. Let's yeah. not compete with each other. So uh, this quarter, I've had great success helping some teams with these exercises. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of exercises you could do. I think these two are good ones right now in the, in the current condition we're in. Match the features and benefits to the pain and track it and then identify which parts of the process are getting used most and discuss what needs to change going forward and then track it with track it every week. Just, just tick marks. Don't don't make it complicated with technology. Just use flip chart paper and use it to build trust and be, and be a team. Encourage one another, build each other up. Can only leave it, leave it at that. There be a team. Go. There you go. Well, Andrew, thank you so much. I hope that the next time we uh, discuss this particular topic, uh, maybe leads will have picked up a little bit more. You never, you, you know, going into the summertime is likely a bit a bit busier um so the hope is that you can can continue to practice that's what i'm hearing i'm i'm hearing people say that spring is just around the corner so i, I think winter's back you know for the last two years we haven't had winter so I'm, I'm willing to say that you know winter's back spring is right around the corner let's get busy let's get busy all right till next time double a thank you so much thanks mall Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.